the Askell Leadership Podcast. Hello, my name's Dominic Salles. I started at Kingsdale School in Swindon in September of 2018. It had been requires improvement for 10 years. The results were progress eight of minus 0.48 for the last two years. Uh, it was on paper a disaster and I was leaving an outstanding school in the Cotswolds that I'd been at for six years and I'd uh, helped take from value minus to the top 15 or maybe it was the top 12% in the country, I can't remember. Uh, and we got an outstanding judgment and you would have thought that I wouldn't leave. But one of the things that I've been passionate about as a leader is the importance of data and research and evidence. And I got used to measuring the impact of almost everything I did. I was in charge of teaching and learning, and I realised that the way that schools treat teaching and learning is incredibly inefficient. I thought I had the solutions, and so I was desperate to change. It's really hard to change an outstanding school. You know, you get to the stage of becoming outstanding, you've got positive value added, and you start to celebrate and think that you've got the answers. But for me, this was just the beginning, and I grew really frustrated that we couldn't really, really kick on. And that's not to criticise my previous school. It was absolutely a great place to be, and it is a thriving community and a joy to teach in. But I wanted to find out what more I could do. So I went down to four days a week and I thought, hey, I'm not bad in front of an audience. I've got lots to say. Well, I'm a bloke, aren't I? I would say that. Um, I'll start selling my services and training people and doing consultancy. And I thought that would be great. And I got some, some interesting gigs, as it's called. And I found there was zero job satisfaction in this because it never made an impact didn't make any difference so after about a year of doing this and realizing that it wasn't giving me any personal sort of fulfillment I thought you know I've got to go to a school where I can actually make a difference like a real difference to kids who need it now luckily Kingsdown got a new head Emma Lee Bennett and uh, I emailed her and said I'm doing a bit of consultancy. Would you like some? I see your school's in trouble. And luckily for me, she said, yes, I have an English team who are in trouble. Come and help them out. Well, this was a life-changing experience for me because they were amazingly receptive to my evidence-based ideas. Now, these weren't ideas that most teachers would find easy to accept. It involved league tabling of students' results it involved comparative marking, it involved doing some kind of really quick assessment every week without increasing workload. In fact, it reduced workload. So you can see how insane it sounded. And the English department went with it because they had massive problems, especially with boys. And I said to them, look, I think I've got the solution. And within a few weeks, they could see the evidence for themselves. The solution was there. And they made dramatic progress. They improved by over half a grade that year for every single student 
with some very simple changes. So anyway, Emma said, look, I need you as part of my SLT. And quite selfishly, I said, well, I'd love to, but I'm only going to do four days a week because I have a YouTube channel and I write books and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, she said, well, I need you as a deputy. And I said, that's absolutely fantastic, but you can't have a part-time deputy. And she said, no, you're right, I can't. So she paid me as an assistant head and gave me the deputy job. And this is where it gets really exciting because in addition to teaching and learning, I was also in charge of the curriculum. I hadn't realised quite how wonderful that combination would be. I knew it from my research. I knew that the best way to improve teaching and learning was to stop training teachers on teaching and learning and start giving departments time to train each other on the what of what they delivered, and then from that, the how. Getting deep into the curriculum. Now, luckily, Kingsdown was already reviewing its curriculum as I arrived, so I was able to come in and say, look, guys, we're going knowledge-rich, and we're going with everything we know about cognitive science. We're going to do retrieval practice, we're going to do space learning, we're going to do interleaving, we're going to do dual coding, we're going to do loads of quizzing, we're going to have quizzes at the beginning of lessons and we're going to have quizzes for homework. There's going to be low stakes stuff. We're going to change assessment so that it's not haphazard testing, but it's going to be much more frequent. It's going to be knowledge based and the tests themselves won't measure learning per se. Their main job will be to improve learning because the act of testing memory improves memory and leads to greater learning. I just got so excited by how everything linked up. Once you start looking at the curriculum that way, you then start thinking, well, how else are we going to get students to learn? And it was so obvious that scaffolding gets in the way. Imagine scaffolding a driving lesson. Your first driving lesson would be in the car park, but so would your second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth as your driving instructor scaffolds the steps. But that's not what happens in real life. They actually get you out on the road where there's a danger of killing people within an hour. And lessons are the same. If you show students what success looks like, like the full model of it, so not just exam answers, but any kind of work you're doing, if you show them what the finished piece looks like first, then all the scaffolding makes sense. So we flipped that in the curriculum. It meant that departments trained each other on what brilliant modelling looked like in their department and so all the teaching and learning training was still going on but it went through the curriculum and the other fantastic thing about that is if you change the curriculum you train every teacher in your department and they all invest in it well this was something that I already knew but the power of it was absolutely amazing. So if you go to the performance tables, you'll see that we improved from minus 0.48 to plus 0.04. So a full 0.5 improvement, which means five extra GCSE grades for every single kid in the school. I mean, obviously, that's a statistical average. But that was an enormous amount of change. And the other great thing about this is that... In November, Emma said to me, Dominic, are we using your strengths to the best of your abilities? And I thought, gosh, this, this isn't a vote of confidence, is it? Now, I didn't realise that this was just 
a coaching question that she had with everybody just to find out how she could use them better. But I thought there was a judgment behind it. So I went back over the weekend because she asked me on a Friday and I thought, God, no, I'm really not being effective here or not as effective as I could be. And this is the thing. When you're in a school that requires improvement, there are a hundred priorities because so much is wrong. And the difficulty is working out what to focus on. But I knew that if I just focused on each department getting the curriculum right, because as I've explained, that changes the teaching in the classroom instantly. And if we could get kids to remember more, as I've explained with cognitive science, if we did all that, then kids would learn so much quicker, no matter all the other difficulties we were having. The problem was you couldn't be in a school four days a week as an assistant head and ignore all the behaviour issues or the staffing issues or all the other million minor emergencies that happen every day and every week. Um, so I said to Emma, do you know what? I think I'd be more effective if you sacked me, saved the money and then hired me much more cheaply as a consultant on three days a week. I think that would give me a laser-like focus on the curriculum. I could get to every teacher and every head of department when I needed to because there wouldn't be any other demands. I wouldn't be teaching. I, I wouldn't be pulled any other way. And she said, well, that's a bizarre idea. I think it might work. And it did. So I guess the moral, the reason I'm doing the podcast is to get you to think about impact. Think about the stuff that actually makes a difference to pupil progress. When you do that, the Pareto principle comes into play, I think, and 20% of what you do has a massive impact and 80% doesn't. 80% is not quite a waste of time because it's stuff that has to be done, but anyone could do it. It doesn't have to be you. And that's the biggest, the biggest takeaway work out what that 20% is. For me, it's easy. You don't have to look far to work that out. You just go to the research evidence and you measure impact and you start with the curriculum. So it's a kind of a short podcast and I haven't got time to go into loads of detail. But if you just think about the principles of cognitive science and the principles of designing a proper curriculum, then that is your laser-like focus. And that will take care of teaching and learning and so much more. Before I leave, I ought to say none of that. Well, actually, no, not none of that. A lot of that would have been reduced. That impact would not have been so great unless we'd sorted out behaviour as a school as well. Um, you know, that feels like a big job, but it's actually very simple. Once you, I, I won't go into that because I didn't lead on it. Um, but it, once you get behavior right everything else can kick on really really quickly I mean dramatically quickly we did it in one year so good luck in your new role thank you very much for listening and we probably won't ever meet each other again but thank you Jeff and goodbye the Ask Old Leadership Podcast 